0: We've been looking at uh, the Holy Ghost over the last few weeks, and we are going to continue that today, and uh, I'm excited, let me just, I'm excited about the Holy Ghost, I'm not sure, um, I'm not sure that we um, display that all the time, but I'm excited about the Holy Ghost. And so I want us to pray this morning, Uh, we're going to be talking about some things again today, and I want us to pray, I know this is Sunday school, so this is kind of like ease your way into service time sometimes, but I want us to pray that the Lord would have his way in this class today, Uh, that his spirit, most importantly, would move. Amen? Amen. I mean, that's, that's what I want today in Sunday school, in every Sunday school room, in our main service, I want his spirit to move. And so I want us to pray that way this morning. Join with me in prayer. Lord Jesus, we come before you. Lord, we're excited, honored, and privileged to be in your presence today, God. Lord, we enter this place in expectation. Lord, believing you, Lord, for what you want to do. We know that your spirit is in this place because you said we're two or three are gathered together in your name, and Lord, we just pray that your spirit would manifest itself today, Lord, that there would be a demonstration of your spirit, whether it's in a Sunday school class, uh, whether it's in our service today, God, that you would just move in this place today, God. Lord, it's in you that we live and breathe and move and have our being, and Lord, we want you to animate us today by your spirit. We believe you and trust you today, God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 The Holy Ghost unwrapping the gift. We're going to start reading in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. And uh, it says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Which that's a great and challenging line right there. Which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing witness, and he bore witness a few ways, both with signs and wonders, and with divers' miracles, that means he touched divers, and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. And today we're going to look at that line because it mentions the Holy Ghost there, the gifts of the Holy Ghost. The gifts of the Spirit, you may have heard them, Referred to, but that's what we're looking at today. The author of Hebrews tells us that there are gifts of the Holy Ghost. And so, how many of you have ever seen those? I don't even know the name of them, it slips my mind those dolls that you open one and there's another one, and then you open that and there's another one. We have the Star Wars set, you know, and I think it's R2D2's, the last one, or whatever it is. I, I should have brought it and just showed everyone. But it says that there's gifts of the Holy Ghost. So we understand that the Holy Ghost itself is a gift. It's the free gift that we receive, and I'm not going to go into all the details because we've talked about it and you know that. But it seems from this passage and other passages that we'll look at is that you receive the Holy Ghost, which is a free gift, but then also inside of the Holy Ghost are other gifts. So it's kind of like. Taking it apart you get the Holy Ghost you think wow that's pretty neat Then you you, one day you decide to open it or unwrap it and you find out there's more to the Holy Ghost than what you realized That there are gifts within the gift Now when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit There are several different ideas uh, That people have about that several different things and we're not going to get into Necessarily the mechanics of the gifts of the Spirit and and get all out there in that because there's entire volumes of books written about those some believe that, when you re, that that when you receive the Holy Ghost, uh, you, you have the ability to receive these other gifts. Some believe that you receive one gift, and so that each person has a gift. Others believe that you can receive every gift that you can, um, have, the, you can have every gift that's mentioned in Scripture. For the purposes of this lesson, I'm going to leave it at the fact we're not getting into that part of it, but that when you receive the Holy Ghost, we'll leave it at this. when you receive the Holy Ghost. You have the potential for any gift within you Now we know the holy ghost can teach you all things And it can give you any of the gifts found in scripture Now scripture does also say that the holy ghost gives as it will So it's up to the holy ghost not me to decide which gift i'm going to possess or that will that I will operate in The holy ghost decides that and if it decides one if it decides two if it decides four whatever it is But when I receive the holy ghost, I have the potential To be used in any gift within that when I receive the Holy Ghost So I believe that it's possible for each person that has the Holy Ghost This is an important thing to understand because this is really where we're looking at today I do believe that it's possible for every person that has the Holy Ghost To operate in at least one gift Every person that has the Holy Ghost Okay Not every spiritual person Every person that has the Holy Ghost can operate in at least one gift First Corinthians chapter 12 is where we find the gifts of the spirit uh, The main passage where it talks about it We're going to read the first seven verses of that chapter He says now concerning spiritual gifts brethren I would not have you be ignorant You know that you were Gentiles carried away into these dumb idols even as you were led Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed That's one sign there to tell if someone's real or not, because if they're used of the Holy Ghost, they're not going to speak against Jesus. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Now there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. And there's a few areas that we're going to look at uh, this morning concerning this. Now he tells them at the start of this chapter the reason that he's writing to them is that he does not want them to be misinformed or to be wrong concerning the gifts of the Spirit. Then he makes a great statement. Because I, I don't know, the Corinthian church, from what we can gather, was a church that was very much in tune with using the gifts of the Spirit. That's why there's all that there's chapter 14 that talks about how to use the gifts. There's all this stuff. So we, we can see that the, the Corinthian church was highly involved in the works of the Spirit. And so perhaps Paul is thinking, well, maybe, maybe they think they have it all already, but he wants to make sure that they're doing all right. And verse 2 is just a great verse, and I'll just put it in modern vernacular because the King James makes it sound really nice. You know that you were Gentiles carried away into these dumb idols even as you were led. He says, just in case you think you know it all, just remember that at one point you were dumb enough to follow idols. (laughs) So don't think you're all that. You were a bunch of dummies once. So this is why I'm telling you. So he, 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 and he tells the Corinthians that there's many different gifts, but first of all, it's the same spirit and it's the same Lord that's behind each one. Now they occur in different forms, in different fashions also. That's what verses 5 and 6 tell us, that the gifts may manifest themselves in different ways of ministry. They may manifest themselves in different areas of service. Because typically when we think of the gifts of the Spirit, we think of a church setting. Well, maybe you don't, but very often in my mind, I do, I think of a church setting. However, the gifts are not limited to the hours that service takes place, but that you can be used in the gifts of the Spirit at any point in time. In fact, it, it, when reading these, and, and this, is, uh, this is my opinion here, when you read the verses following that describe the nine gifts, he said there's differences of administrations, different operations. When we read the following verses uh, in, in what traditionally gives us the gifts of the Spirit, what we might call that, the traditional sense, you can almost get the idea that when Paul is, is listing this, it's almost like, for instance... There's different works of the Spirit, there's diversities of gifts, there's differences of administrations, diversities of operations. For instance, there's the working of miracles, there's the word of knowledge, there's the word of faith. Because in my mind, I find it, it may be, and I'm not preaching this as gospel truth, this is just my mind, which is a very odd place. Uh, But in my mind, I find it very hard to believe that the God of the universe that has all power, that has all knowledge... And the Holy Ghost, which is God inside of us that the Holy Ghost, which has all that power Only has nine ways that it can operate Now that's just my personal opinion All right, so for me that list almost reads like for instance Here's some of the ways that you can be used and in fact we read and i've put this slide up before Uh, When we look at what are the gifts that there's many uh, There's several different passages in scripture that speak of gifts and it's the same wording that's used And it speaks of gifts of the Holy Ghost or gifts of grace and Paul very often uses grace and the Holy Ghost uh, As the same thing because we don't get the Holy Ghost except by grace very often He uses those words they're gifts of grace or gift of the Holy gifts of the Holy Ghost So in Romans uh, there's a slide that's going up there and there's many different uh, passages that talk about and say gifts of the Spirit. There's prophesying, there's serving, there's teaching, encouraging, giving, leadership. Of course, in First Corinthians chapter 12, the, what we traditionally know is the nine gifts of the Spirit, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, uh, prophecy, discerning of spirits, diverse tongues, and interpretation of tongues. In other passages, we find uh, helps, governments. So there's a variety of things. And so in my mind... That fits a whole lot better. It may not be right, but in my mind it fits a whole lot better. That there are multiple ways that you can be used in the gifts of the Spirit. Now that's important for us to understand as well. That that when I begin to think about these other things as ways that I can be used in the gifts of the Spirit, it actually begins to change uh, my life a whole lot more. Because some of these, uh, you know, it's a little bit difficult in your daily life. To give tongues and interpretation Now I don't know I, I don't know we talk about going into walmart and praying for the sick and praying But i've never heard anyone say from the pulpit that I know of in the thousands of services i've been in When you go to walmart, you should give someone a message in tongues and interpret and interpret for them Because some of those things are More related to the church Okay, so, but when I, when I begin to open up the Spirit a little bit, when I begin to think, well, there's more to it than just those, I begin to see that perhaps some of these things fit better into my life so that I can continually be used in the gifts of the Spirit in my life. So what are these gifts? Who are these gifts for? Who are these gifts for? All the way back in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, this is the intro to the letter that Paul is writing to the Corinthians. And in verse 2 he says, unto the church of God which is at Corinth. So obviously it's called Corinthians, he's writing to the church at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. This verse lets us know that he is writing specifically to the church in Corinth, but he is also writing to everyone in every place that calls upon the name of the Lord. So when I read the book of Corinthians, I know that Paul was writing because there were certain things that had arisen in the church at Corinth. However, I cannot relegate it to a certain time, a certain location, a certain moment in history. No, it is written to everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord. This indicates that that these are specific instructions for Corinth, but they are instructions for everyone that serves the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7 then goes on to say, So that you become, come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, Amen. I'm, I'm going to say this in faith that the Lord has not yet returned. <laughs> Hopefully you all agree with me on that one, or else we're in trouble right now. Hopefully he hasn't come back yet, and we're all still sitting here talking about him coming back, and he's already come. But he says, so that you become behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This intimates that what Paul is talking about here in these gifts is that they will continue until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that's very important to understand. Because there's a lot of people that do not believe the gifts are in operation today. There's people that believe that. This verse seems to tell us that these gifts and the things that Paul is talking about, we are to hold true to until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So either the Lord's come back and we're in a bad, bad way or else the gifts are still in operation today. So Paul indicates that, who are these gifts for? That this is written with multiple places in mind, not just Corinth, and that the gifts are given to multiple locations, and that every, because he writes to the church at Corinth, that each local assembly should experience these gifts until the coming of the Lord. He does not give gifts to the United Pentecostal Church. He gives gifts to every location. So that means within every local congregation, there should be people that sit here right now, and we'll look at who that all includes, that should be operating in the gifts of the Spirit. And it means for multiple locations, multiple generations. So we understand that what Paul is writing about is still applicable for you and I today. And now while you may know that, and and I think it's important sometimes to have scripture for what we believe, (laughs) And not just spout off to somebody, well, yeah, the gifts are still in operation. Well, there's scripture for that as well. Now, in verse 7 of chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we already read it. He says, let me flip my page back here, somewhere in my notes. Wow. It's really bad when I've got page numbers and still can't figure out what I'm doing here. All right, oh, I flipped the wrong way. There we go. Verse 7 says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Who are these gifts for? In verse 7, he states that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. Now, there's many commentators who take that phrase, every man, and state that it doesn't mean each person. This is based mainly upon the fact that they do not believe in the necessity of the Holy Ghost, or that the Holy Ghost is not something that is given to every person. It is an optional thing that a select few may have. However, we believe in the necessity of the Holy Ghost that it is necessary to receive the Holy Ghost to experience a new birth experience Repentance baptism being filled with the Holy Ghost But every time in Scripture that the phrase is used that phrase that means every man guess what it means Every man it means everyone So when I read that verse it says the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone Now, of course, Paul is not speaking of every single person alive because he's writing to the church here. He's speaking to those that have been filled with the Spirit. But what he says is, if you have been filled with the Spirit, there should be a manifestation of the Holy Ghost within you. Now, let's just make sure we understand what manifestation means. It means something realized. First of all, you have to realize it. You have to realize that there should be a manifestation of the Spirit within you. That also means that you can recognize it. It also means that its manifestation means something made actual and visible. Okay, this is why it's important, and this plays into it, that when we receive the Holy Ghost, it is important for us to speak in tongues because it is a manifestation of the Spirit, something actual and visible. It's not just simply an internal feeling. But the Spirit manifests itself. It's made actual, invisible. This is why we pray for a manifestation of the presence of God, of the Spirit of God. How many of you know where the presence of the Lord is? It's everywhere. So have you ever wondered why, when the service leader gets up sometimes or someone gets up in service and says, Let's welcome the presence of the Lord here? It really doesn't make any sense. You woke up and you were in the presence of the Lord. Let me tell you what, the guy sitting on a bar stool. Is In the presence of the lord It doesn't matter where you are you're in the presence of the lord And where two or three are gathered together in his name He's there and his his spirits in this place right now You know why because there's people that sit here filled the holy ghost Okay, but what we really mean and what we're really saying when we say let's welcome the presence of the lord And we want the presence of the lord here is we want it manifested Which means something realized Something made actual and visible. How many of you ever been someplace where you knew the presence of the Lord was manifested? Or the Spirit of the Lord was manifested? It was plainly obvious. Why? Because you stood there with your eyes closed and just, it was something, no. You could see something happening. It's a physical thing. It's important for us to realize that and 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 so I I know in myself I want the presence of God I want the spirit of God not just to be with me because I know it's with me But I want it to manifest itself in our midst and I want it to manifest itself in my life And how do I know it's been manifested? It's made actual and visible you can see the presence of God manifesting itself because you can st- you you can you can something's happening if you would stand and, and just look at the congregation when the presence you can see it move through a congregation. You can how do you how do you know? Because something is happening that's visible and actual. That's why it's important for us to, to visibly praise the Lord. That's why it's important for us to speak out loud because the manifestation of the presence of God is something actual and visible. I can see it on people's faces. Their face, it's something that I recognize. I see the power of God manifested through a healing when someone is physically healed. I see His glory manifested when someone receives the Holy Ghost. You can see a change on their face. That's something uh, visible and actual that takes place. And so I have to understand that there is a physical demonstration whenever there is a manifestation. So we sit here today in the presence of god that is not even a choice of ours whether that happens Because he is everywhere. I'm not even choosing to be in the presence of god today His presence is everywhere. However, it is my choice whether I allow his presence to manifest itself today Man it's sunday school I'm, just excited because I cleaned out my garage. Maybe that's it or maybe it's the holy ghost So I understand when I receive the Holy Ghost, there's a physical demonstration that manifests to myself, that manifests to other people, that manifests to the devil that something has happened in my life. So it is with the Holy Ghost, not just when I receive it, but it's the same way in the gifts that it has for us. The gifts are made manifest in us. And that manifestation is given to every person that has the Holy Ghost. So, if you sit here today and you have the Holy Ghost, you should have the gifts in operation in your life. There is no reason besides yourself that they should not be in operation. Something that must be realized. So, that takes something on my part that I have to recognize and realize what is going on. So, the question this morning is not the question this morning I have for you is have you realized in your own life? The manifestation of the Holy Ghost that's been given to you. Have you realized that? First off is realizing the fact that the Holy Ghost wants to do something through you. And then second of all, realizing what that is. And if you have not realized it, then you've found another place where you can unwrap the gift in your life. We must also make clear that if if the Holy Ghost is the giver of these gifts. If it's the Holy Ghost that's doing it. Then they are supernatural Something that cannot be accomplished by human skill or strength Now we know that but again, there's a lot of things we know, but I'm not sure that we quite understand that We know that when it comes to healings, we know that I know that there's there's nothing within me I, I don't have the magic touch. I, there's nothing within me that can heal a person Nothing, so when I pray for somebody and they are healed it was god. It had to be I I know that, that when a miracle takes place There's nothing I could do We understand that if there's tongues and interpretation that's that's something that god gives But you know, I don't believe that there's just nine gifts What about all the others? Now this is where I guess you could turn me off, but what about serving? What about hospitality? What about helps? Now, understand this. What about mercy? Cheerfulness is listed as a gift. Cheerfulness. What about giving? What about giving? Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal with these other gifts. Let's take away the spooky ones, if you will. Let's take away the spooky ones. We're comfortable with mercy. Well, I could do that gift. Giving, I could do that gift. Being cheerful, I could do that. Now, the tongues interpretation, the laying on of hands, the miracles, I don't know about that. But I can do these gifts. Now, wait. If they're gifts of the Holy Ghost, right. got it. if they're gifts of the Holy Ghost, right. they're supernatural. Right. They're supernatural. So some people that sit here today that are comfortable in their gift, right. well, I can administrate. That's a gift. That's right. I can be merciful. Let me ask you, those of you that are comfortable in your gift, when was the last time supernatural touched that gift? Yeah. When was the last time you supernaturally administrated? Right. Supernatural. When was the last time you were supernaturally cheerful? When was the last time you supernaturally gave? Because if they're gifts of the Holy Ghost, it's not me. It has to be the Holy Ghost. We're good with the spooky ones, but what about the ones we think we can do? That's not the Holy Ghost. When I walk in church and I say I've got, I've got the gift of giving, and I just, you know, well, I've got this much in my account, and I know this, and I write a check. What was involved with the Holy Ghost there? I'm giving, but I'm talking about gifts of the Spirit. So when was the last time the Holy Ghost touched your mercy? See, I think sometimes because we've got the, I think really what we've done is categorize the spooky ones over here. Sorry if I keep calling them spooky, but who knows? We're talking about ghosts and spooky and, you know, I guess it just goes. But then we've got these other ones, and we think, well, I can do those, and those are easy. But when was the last time the Holy Ghost reached down and touched my teaching? When was the last time the Holy Ghost reached down and touched in these areas? And it wasn't me, even though I think I can do them. The Holy Ghost takes me farther than what I thought was possible. So I'm hospitable. You don't have to have the Holy Ghost to be hospitable. There's people that are really nice that don't care about God. They can take you out for a meal. They don't care about god. So what is different about your hospitality? What is the holy ghost putting in it? What is the holy there's ceos that don't care about god that can administrate out the wazoo Whatever that means they can run companies and it's evidenced by the fact they have multi-billion dollar companies So you can administrate so what? When was the last time the holy ghost touched it? I don't want to get comfortable just because I think I can do and it fits with what I like to do and it fits with my own abilities No, I still need the holy ghost to supernaturally do something in my life And let me just say that one marker of the supernatural is that it cannot be easily explained That's why the doctor says I don't know how it happened and you say well, I know It was the holy ghost so when, so put that with all the stuff I just said. When was the last time you were hospitable and couldn't explain what happened? Oh, wow. When was the last time you gave and can't explain what happened? Because if it's a gift of the Holy Ghost, something supernatural must happen. And one of the markers of the supernatural is that I cannot easily explain it. If I want the supernatural to be an operation in my life, then you know what? I have to be ready to not be able to explain everything that happens. If I, want, if I want a supernatural service, I may not be able to explain everything that happens. Let me ask you this. When was the last time you left church and you couldn't explain what happened? Or do we leave church too many times and we know exactly what happened? So I come to church and I leave and nothing supernatural takes place. Wow. Who has the Holy Ghost here? something supernatural should happen in this place today that means I should leave this place and there should be at least one thing that I'm like man I don't know how that happened I don't know how in that song that they messed everything up I don't know how through that sermon I don't know how through whatever it was but I can't explain what happened but I know something happened in that place today that needs to happen today (laughs) I'd like to leave church confused today I don't know how that happened, but I know it was the Spirit of God. I know it was His presence moving in this place, manifesting itself in this place. I want the supernatural to be a regular part of my life. I want the supernatural to be a regular part of our services. I don't want it to be something odd and extraordinary. I mean, I I want it to be normal, if I can say that. I want the supernatural to be normal in my life and in our church. What's the purpose of the gifts of the Spirit? Man, I need to see what time it is. I have to take medicine here. Calm me down. The purpose. What's the purpose of the gifts? First, 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 first Corinthians. <laughs> Chapter 14, verse 12. Even so ye, forasmuch as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts... So that tells us that the church at Corinth, man, they were gung-ho about gifts. Man, it wasn't church unless something of the Spirit happened. Wow. I would like to be pulled it back. I would like, okay, that's enough. We need to leave now. That's enough moving of the Spirit. Oh, well, anyway. Seek ye that you may excel to the edifying of the church. We find that Paul admonishes the Corinthian church to use the gift for one purpose, this is the reason for the gifts, whether it's hospitality, mercy, cheerfulness, miracles, tongues and interpretation, whatever the gift is, it is for the edification or uplifting of the church. That's what it's for. It has a work to do and it should edify and uplift the body. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, what we just talked about, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Profit with all means to bring together to bear or carry with others, to collect or contribute, to help and to be profitable. The gifts of the Spirit are not to bring division. They are not to bring levels of spirituality. They are not to bring uh, comparisons in our mind. They are to encourage, to edify, to bring together, to lift up. That's what they're for. We talk about we need unity. You know what we need? We need the gifts of the Spirit because that's what they are for. They are there to unify us. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 9 says, use hospitality one to another without grudging, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Peter tells us that if I am to be a good steward of the grace of God, of the spirit which I have received, of the things which I have undeservedly received, then I must use what I have received for others within the body, that the gifts are not for myself, they are for you, that your gifts are not for yourself, they're for me and everyone else. That's why I do it and that's important to remember as as we move on here today very quickly Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16 says from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted By the which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself In love each one of us has a responsibility within the body and the body needs it The body needs you to use your spiritual gift that you have It needs it you know what happens? If, 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 if you don't, it seems to me like spiritual arthritis starts to, fit, starts to come into the body. Compacted by which every joint supply. If that means the bones get a little creaky, it becomes a little harder to stand up once you sit down. Doesn't mean the body quits, but it just works a little bit more inefficiently if everybody is not using what God has given them. You provide something for the rest of the body the spirit has put something inside of you and if it would manifest itself in your life you would and do it for the body it's there's no telling what god could do with us and i'm not talking about being used in every single gift i'm just saying if every person in this place would manifest the spirit of god in one gift in their life there's no telling what would happen in this church in this community dare i say this county there's no telling And now let's just, let's quit with the responsibility, the responsibility. You and I have a responsibility when it comes to the gifts. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That same word, the gift there, is the same word that's used every time it talks about the gifts of the Spirit. And There's debate whether Paul gave him some extra gift or whether there was something else that happened But if we look at those verses It's the same word gift that's used when it talks about the spirit and the second verse when it says power is dunamis The same word that is connected with the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 So I don't find it too far of a stretch to say that he's talking about what God's given you already when you got the Holy Ghost You need to stir it up I do also find it interesting that the verse that we know so well for God has not given us the spirit of fear follows the verse when it says, why don't you stir up what God's given you and use it? I would venture to say that many people's greatest fear is not snakes. My wife, she's questioning that one. <laughs> Do I have to, the other night, we uh, saw a snake, and I think we drove and turned around and total times ran over it six times just to make sure it was dead. Well, it was still moving after the first time. I don't know how that happened. People's greatest fear, I would say, is not all those things, fear of the dark, whatever it is. But I would say most people, their greatest fear is stepping out in faith in the gift that God has given them. Greatest, our greatest fear, he's writing to Timothy, is not the world and being overcome by the world. It's not even our present circumstances many times. Our greatest fear to our detriment, and unbelievably, is being used of God. How many times has God spoke to you, and immediately, what do you do? Oh, you respond right away, right? No. How many of you, when it comes time to those spooky gifts, and there's tongues that go forth, you're just standing there praying, you're praying, it's the the most fervent prayer you've prayed all week. God, don't let it be me, don't let it be me. God, don't speak to me, don't speak to me. And then you start getting a few words and you're like, oh, I hope that's not, oh, no, 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 no. That's just pizza. That's just pizza. That's just the medicine I'm supposed to take. That's correct. It's fear. Exactly and he says, stir up the gift. And you know what? When you stir it up, you know what else is going to get stirred up? Fear. Don't be afraid. That fear is not of God. We use it for all kinds of stuff, but he, he connects it with God using us. I would venture to say there's people in this room today that you've heard God speak to you, whether it's about a gift or whether it's about a call or doing something in your life. And the only thing that is hindering you is not your circumstances, not the world. It's because you are scared to do what God has asked you to do. It's not that we don't believe that God can use us or that his power is less. I don't think that's it because we know that God can use anything. I mean, you know that for the last five weeks of Sunday school, but there's a fear of messing up. There's a fear of doing it wrong, of being past myself. There's a few of us that say we're control freaks, but not many of us. When it comes to going past ourselves, yeah, we're a control freak. Because when the Spirit takes over, guess who's not in control? When you got the Holy Ghost, who was in control? Was it you or God? He's still calling us to do the same thing today. But Paul tells Timothy to not fear because he has given him the spirit of power. Again, that's the same word that is used in connection with the Holy Ghost in Acts 1.8. He has given us dynamic, explosive power. And Paul tells Timothy that if you have the Holy Ghost, you do not have to fear. How should my gift operate? It should operate out of love because I've been given a spirit of love when I got the Holy Ghost. I've been given not the spirit of fear, but of power and of love And of a sound mind that's what the holy ghost did for me if I have the holy ghost I believe that you have a responsibility to stir up the gift or gifts that are in you I believe it is a personal responsibility I do not believe that at the end of this class that we should have everybody stand and march past as brother Gene or myself lay hands and impart a gift unto you in fact, I don't find very much scripture where they imparted spiritual gifts to people But he was told paul told timothy you have a responsibility to sit down on your own pray Fast study do whatever you need to do, but stir up what god has put inside of you And we like to pawn it off on other people But it is your job Hey, you know what you know, what the deal with the holy ghost is is it's yours. It's personal I mean, we get all excited when we preach to young people and say you can't hang on to your parents coattails You can't ride on somebody else's whatever That's exactly what you're doing when it comes to your gift and your calling You want someone else to tell you what you're doing? You want someone else to tell you how you're supposed to operate? No, you have to receive the Holy Ghost for yourself and you have to stir up the gift for yourself In the parable of the talents that we've already mentioned in previous lessons, the servants were given the first gifts of money The king said or the governor or whoever he was I can't remember what he was the man He said here's money Do with it what you want So the gift initially came from the king we know that speaking of god the gift initially came from him We initially received the holy ghost and just like the king in that he said here's the money He didn't give him any he said just do what you want with it And god has given you the holy ghost and he's letting you do what you want with it but, we, but those servants were responsible for its use after they received it. They could multiply it. They could have lost it. That's not in the story. They could have entered into some risky venture and said, I'm actually in debt, Lord. That's not in the story. They could have multiplied it like two of them did. They could have lost it or they could have buried it. But the responsibility for the use, good, bad, whatever it was, was theirs and theirs alone. It's not god's fault. It's not the pastor's fault. It's not somebody else's fault If you're not used in the gifts of the spirit It's your own fault because god gave it to you and it's your responsibility to cultivate it and do something with it And while oh man It's medicines needs to kick in We sit and as old people we decry Society's loss of personal responsibility man. Nobody will take responsibility for everything. They just want the government to give them this and They want to do that and they want to do whatever Sounds like the church to me well, the church needs to do something. They need to go pray for people. They need to deliver meals. They need to teach me, but they need to do this. What about personal responsibility spiritually for us? I think it's time for us as, as men and women of God to take personal responsibility for the spirit of God in our own life. We think it's getting so bad now. Well, what happens if all that stuff we're worried about comes to pass and you can't go to church and you can't do that and you have to sit at home with your Bible? What about it? Yes, sir. What's going to happen then? You know what? It won't matter a lick because I have the Spirit of God inside of me. All right. We don't take... (laughs) We have a responsibility for the body, and the body can't work right without it. Not just our own lives, but the body can't work right without it. And we think, you know what? Well, if I won't do it, then someone more spiritual, the pastor will just do it. That's not how it's set up it's not set up to be a default system. Well, if my brain don't work today, my arm's going to work better. It's not how your body works. It's not a default system that if something decides it's not going to work, another, well, anyway, we got, we got to finish up. First Corinthians chapter 12 verse 31. This is how we're going to, we're going to finish it all nice and soft and sweet. How about that? First Corinthians chapter 12 verse 31, it says, but covet earnestly the best gifts. So first of all, we're going to take that phrase. Paul tells the Corinthians, again, that you have a responsibility towards the gifts. He tells them to covet earnestly, which means to burn with zeal, to pursue, to strive after. That means pray about it. Seek the Lord about it. When was the last time that you prayed for the gifts of the Holy Ghost to be unwrapped in your life? That seems like an old-fashioned thing to pray. I don't know how many times we pray anymore. Lord, I want your gifts to operate in my life. I think first of all, because we go all the way back to 2 Timothy about the fear thing. But, or am I simply content with where I am? Am I earnestly coveting the best gifts? Now, you're told not to be jealous and whatever, but this is one thing that you can covet. Is that God would work more through you. But Paul also states... He says in that verse and yet I show show I unto you a more excellent way He states he's talked about the gifts all of chapter 12 He said, you know, here's here's some of the gifts Here's the part of you everyone's got a part in the body and you can't look at the eye and say I wish it was an eye and you can't do all this and and you need to earnestly search for the best gifts But then he ends the whole chapter of this this way He shows says i'm going to show you a more excellent way and I believe this is not well anyway What's 1st Corinthians chapter 13? Who knows what that chapter is about? It's love. Everyone knows that. Now I do want to say this. He's not stating that it's love or the gifts. He's stating that love is bigger than the gifts. Love does not exclude the gifts. Because there's some people that have you say, well, see, that's another thing. He's just saying, well, you can have this, but I'm going to show you better things that you can do. You can love people. And not have the That's not what he's saying. Why would he spend a whole chapter talking about the gifts and then say, by the way, you can forget all that. Here's just love. No. Love does not exclude the gifts. It includes the gifts. He is also not stating that love is better than the gifts. I believe he is speaking of the way to attain the gifts because this verse is talking about attaining the gifts you can earnestly or covet earnestly the best gifts But i'm going to show you a more excellent way and I believe he is speaking of to receive the gifts in your life Because I think it's important for us to pray about them. I think it's important for us to seek after them. But when I put all my focus on the gifts we get first corinthians chapter 13 sounding brass tinkling cymbal but have not love All that stuff. You can have all the gifts. You can speak in tongues. You can have the the tongues of men and of angels, but if you have, not love. So when I put all my focus on the gifts, when I'm simply consumed by being used in the gifts, then I can neglect love or I can love. You see, because I think when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, and I, I finish with this, I think it's almost less, this is what I think the issue is. I think it's a love issue. I think me being used in the gifts is a love issue You see because when I love God, I want to do what he's called me to do When I love God, I want all that he has for me When I love God, I'm not afraid to do what he calls me to do It's a love issue all around What's the purpose of the gifts? We talked about it Edification Let me tell you what when I love my brother, I want to do whatever I can to help him. When I see someone sick, I want to be used in the gifts of healing, not for my own personal benefit, but because I love that person. When, when I see someone struggling and going through a rough time, you know what I want to happen? I want to be used in the gifts of knowledge and wisdom. Why? Because I care enough about them. That I want to see their situation change by a word from God. You see, I think the reason that we are not used in the gifts so much is simply a love issue. If I loved my brother the way I was supposed to, if I loved the body the way that the scripture tells me to, I would want to be used in the gifts for my brother and sister. You see, it all comes back to me. Well, I'm scared. I don't want to step out. I don't want to do. And I've talked about this before. All the I, I, I stuff, what is that? It's pride. What if all of a sudden it shifted to my love? You see, I think he's talking here not about you can have the gifts or love, and love is so much better. No, he's speaking about my motivation for the gifts. I'm showing you a more excellent way to get it rather than just going in your prayer closet and praying, Lord, give me, give me, give me. I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. Lord, use me in this way. Use me in this way. Use me in this way. What if instead I simply said, Lord, I love you. I'm gonna do anything I can for you. And Lord, I love the body and I'm willing to do anything for the body and provide anything for which every joint supplieth. I'm willing to do whatever my part is for the body. What's my issue with the gifts? I already said it, fear. Fear. Let me ask you, what does John say Cast out all fear? Perfect love. Perfect love. See, maybe the reason I'm so scared to be used in the gifts is because my motivation is wrong. Maybe if I was thinking, instead when I'm standing up there and someone gives tongues and I'm praying, Lord, not me, not me, not me, not fear, 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 and all this stuff going on. What if instead suddenly it was love that was my motivation? And I say, Lord, you've spoken to your people. And I love your body so much that I want them to hear your word that you have spoken. See, I think it's a motivation issue. Perhaps my issue with the gifts is simply a love issue. I love so much that I'm going to let supernatural faith affect my worship today. Faith is a, is a, is a gift of the Spirit. It's a physical manifestation. I can manifest today. I can manifest supernaturally my faith through worship. Let people see my worship. Not because, well, I, well, I, I don't want to do that because what do people think? No, I love the body enough that there may be someone struggling in here and they see my worship and it encourages them. Or I love God so much that I don't really care. I'm willing, I love God and I love my brother so much that I'm willing to be a vessel through which his word will be communicated to someone today. I'm willing to let the Spirit manifest itself in me because of love. You see, I fear that we have just made gifts too much about us. And I'm not saying in the, in, in the typical pride way, but I'm saying in that false humility way. we made gifts about us. It's my fears. It's my insecurities. It's my reputation if I mess up. When they're actually all supposed to be about Him, in you so I'm challenging you today you have power within you you have gifts within you and I would venture to say there's many gifts that sit here today unwrapped I'm not asking you to unwrap them for yourself even I'm asking you to look at the person next to you unwrap your gift for them be willing today today however his spirit wants to manifest itself in your life today I challenge you to do it today because you love the body so much, because you love God so much. Don't be afraid. Perfect love casts out all fear. So when I'm loving perfectly the way that I'm supposed to, fear casts itself out anyway. I want us to stand this morning. I'm excited to have the Holy Ghost today. I'm challenged in my own self. You know what? I, I, don't, I don't think I've unwrapped everything the Holy Ghost... that. That just is frustrating it's frustrating to me because do you know why it's not unwrapped in my life? This is just the cold hard facts Do You know why sorry, that's a beer thing Coors light on the football game But do you know Do you know why it's not unwrapped in my life? It's not lynn's fault. Well, maybe a little bit. No, it's not lynn's fault. It's not blake's fault. It's not god's fault The reason I I stand here today with things unwrapped in my life is like me standing in front of the Christmas tree, if you have one, and there's presents under there, and I'm just saying, and they all have my name on it. Boy, I wish I had a gift. Boy, I wish I had something nice. They're all for you. You have one thing to do to get those. Unwrap it. That's it. I want us to pray this morning that that the Lord would help us, that the Lord would give us a fresh revelation of His love and of His gifts for us. Lord Jesus, we come before you thankful.